Welcome to the Remodel Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Camille Finan, and I'm a female cabinet maker and kitchen designer in California. And I believe there is a revolution happening inside the construction industry right now. And more women than ever are thriving and living life on their terms in the construction world. Listen in as I interview my friends, colleagues, and women that inspire me working in the trades. A glimpse into the variety of creative careers, these women, their financial success, and freedom. Let's start the show. Hey, ladies, thanks so much for joining me today for Build Your Craft and Career. This is our next session. I'm super excited to introduce Monique Allen, who's coming to us all the way from Massachusetts. She's a master gardener, landscaper, runs a very successful business there. Um, and we're going to just chat about like, how does she how does she do it? How does she create her business? Um, the struggles, the triumphs that she's had and how it can help you build a creative career yourself. So Monique, thanks so much for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be talking to you today. Awesome. So let's start off with um, kind of, you know, how does a girl, I can tell you're small, <laughs> how does a girl who's petite and slight get into the landscaping business? I mean, it is, I, I had a boyfriend who was a landscaper, it is incredibly physically hard work. It's not all flowers, right? No. How did you get into it? Like what made you start in it and how did you decide to actually build your own business in it too? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, very unlikely career. Um, I had, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't have a grandmother, grandfather, mother, father, anybody that was getting me out into the garden. Um, I was a gypsy growing up. So we moved a lot, uh, as a kid. And, um, when I hit graduation of high school, I had no clue. I mean, literally no clue what I was going to do. And here I am going into graduation being like, I didn't even remember to like apply to colleges. I, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And by um, my mother's incredible ingenuity, she got me enrolled in some college courses and I took courses in chemistry. I loved science. Mm-hmm. And I, in the back of my head, I wanted to be a doctor. Clearly I didn't understand that going to college was part of that, but um, I a lot, be, like, a, a lot of college. And um, so I went in, and took chemistry at Boston college. And it was a horrific experience. I was going to say, that's a hard class. It was horrific. And uh, talking about, talk about being a woman in kind of a male dominated space. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was a amphitheater of 300, you know, students. So to give you a picture, I'm a little ant, a warm and fuzzy, fuzzy, right. I'm a little ant on the, and there's this, you know, professor kind of barking out all of this chemistry. I was an ace student in chemistry in high school, but it's yeah. going right through me. And then the way they teach is they go into the, the, these labs yeah. and there was a, uh, they're taught by the, by the grad students. And there was this grad student and I could not understand what this man was saying. I swear mm-hmm. to, and I didn't know the term mansplaining. Okay. Didn't know it. But I went up and I, you know, I finally, I, I said, look, at I, I know you've explained it. If you could just explain it again. He's explained it again. And I'm like, I don't understand what you're saying. And he said, if you don't understand what I'm saying, you might be stupid. 
Wow. And at that point, like something just cracked in my head. And I, I was like, that's, I'm not, I'm not doing this. And I don't know. I got a job. I was a hostess. I was a working in a clothing store and I grew up as a dancer. So I was dancing all through growing up. And by the time I got to, you know, college age, they don't have a lot of dance classes for grownups. So I started bodybuilding and a friend of mine was like, Hey, you know, you're strong. Why don't you come work with us? On the weekend, we're doing a spring cleanup and we're mulching. He could have told me we're going to Mars and going to be planting tulips on there. And I wouldn't have known what he was talking about. (laughs) So I was just like, yes, anything. And I went out and Camille, I got to tell you, I am on this site. It is the newest thing to me ever. I'm, I'm working physically. I'm in the sun. It's all guys. I'm seeing the capability of my body and my strength. I'm seeing the the before and after the mess of the site in the beginning and the cleanliness and the organization, it was like something went off in my brain and I don't know how to tell you, but I just saw these threads and I started pulling them. I just started, what was the next thing? What was the next thing? What was the next thing? And before you knew it, I, I I was, I, I found a mentor happened to be a woman and she was a gardener. She was a fine gardener. She did perennial gardening and she just took me under her wing and, and, the, and kind of like the rest of this history is a lot of iterations, but that's, yeah. it, it's like dumb luck, but um, almost like divine luck uh, to find it. It was just perfect for me. Yeah. I love it. That's you'll go back and listen to my origin story. And it's kind of that same um, click for me too. When I was mm-hmm. looking for a second career and I was just miserable and I just walked onto a job site and was digging ditches in like a hundred degree weather with all these Mexican guys who were super sweet to me. And I was like the tiny white Norwegian girl there. And I was like, so happy though. When I went home, I was like, wow, like there has, I have to do something physical every day. Yes. That's what I've been missing. And there was like an absolute, I totally know exactly what you mean. There was like an, a euphoria of like, wow. Like, I mean, yeah. So I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And the other thing for me that was really important, you know, that, that doing work physical. So I, in my history, there's some trauma, some family trauma and abuse and, um, and, and this thing of having your hands in the earth, um, being a maker, being a doer, being a creator, being, um, for me connected to nature, yeah. that was so healing. That was so powerfully healing. So I didn't, I didn't cognitively connect with the fact that I was going into like a male dominated field. Like it didn't, it never occurred to me. I just kept following it. And, you know, it it started to occur to me after that, but yeah, yeah. It just felt good. You felt like you had control over something and you could really make something beautiful out of it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yes. Um, okay. So that's your background. What do you do now? Like what is, give us an, ex, like an idea of like the extent of your business. What's kind of an average day? Like how many people are you managing? Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, so there's, so a big leap from, from that beginning to now, um, I'm in my 37th year of, uh, oh. owning and operating a business. Um, yeah, it's like, you yeah. never would have thought it. Um, but I went from, uh, you know, being an apprentice to doing freelance to being a sole proprietor, uh, where I created a, uh, I formed a business and gave it a name. 
Uh, did not research the name. First tip, always research your name, especially now, because when yeah. I wanted to incorporate, I couldn't use that name because it was it was, a, it was an owned name. Yeah. Uh, so very interesting learning experience. Um, <clears throat> in 2000, I decided to incorporate because I was going to have my first child and realized that I wanted the corporate separation. Right. And now, uh, 22 years into the garden continuum, um, I've got 25 employees and, uh, we're multiple seven figure business. Uh, we're profitable. Uh, we operate normally pretty debt free unless we're buying a vehicle or, and then we take on managed debt very, very succinctly. Uh, and that was on purpose because, you know, through the great recession, I yep. accumulated That's a lot exactly of debt. happened to me with my shop. Yeah. I had and debt, And then after that, I was like, nope, no, no more. more. Like I'm going to yeah, figure yeah. it out, use it wisely to build credit and, um, and, and as a stepping stool. Um, and now, so the company does fine gardening, which is a uh, high horticulture. So it's really yeah. dealing with the plants, plant health, plant expression, um, and design and build. So we have a design uh, arm of our business and then a construction arm of our business uh, where we build, you know, six figure landscapes. And wow. um, we also do renovations. And so my job is I'm the CEO. I'm no longer an active gardener. I am, however, a gardener of people. Uh, and so I am cultivating the client group. I'm cultivating the employees and uh, I'm cultivating my vendor partners. And yeah. so my job really is to constantly be working the community so that the company can function. Uh, because as you know, in anything construction, you need a lot of people. You can't be chief cook and bottle washer of everything. Right. You you need to depend on vendor partners and you have to have employees. So yeah. Um, that's the, that's the main drive. The main thrust of my business, uh, uh, requirement is that I garden the people. That's awesome. How exciting must it be? How proud must you feel when you see a, you know, you see a design come out and then you see it start, it goes from the messy, you know, garden, whatever, flatscape, uh, you know, to this gorgeous thriving garden that you, your employees did like, that must be so incredibly satisfying. It's like, really satisfying. And because I can't do a lot of it with my hands anymore, um, I'm, I love to photo document. So yeah. I'll take, you know, lots of before, during and after shots so that I can really catalog the, you know, that, that evolution, but yeah, it's really, it's, it's incredibly satisfying. And I will say that the reason why I maintain the fine gardening side of things is because um, the intention of care for me is really important. So, you know, one sort of differential from, from construction of structures and construction of landscapes as well as structures do age and change and need tending. It's, it's a different kind of tending than with the landscape. Mm -hmm. Additionally, when you build a landscape, you've got to build it with a 10 to 20 year vision. You have right. to be building it with an understanding of what you're, you're actually building the future now Right. Um, very much like having children uh, where you are making a decision that you're doing certain things in order to curate an event in the future. Um, and so foundation truly. Yeah. We, yes, truly. And so I hang on to the care piece because um, because the true success is is really in those first three years 
And, um, and so we've really got to, we've got to hang on to our connection to, to the landscape long, longer term. Wow. That's fabulous. How, um, so how do you find employees to work for you? Like what's sort of your process to help to find the right fit of employees? So they really like, you know, bloom in your organization. Yeah, that that's a, that's an awesome question. And it's near and dear to my heart because the people are so important. So, um, the struggle to find people, uh, is, you know, it's got, it's got two sides of it. One of it, one is that you just, you need people who can work, who will work, who are willing, strong enough, they'll show up. Um, you, you, you need all of that. Um, but on the other side, you want people who, with a willing heart, people who take pride in their work, people um, who believe the work is honorable. And, um, those two things don't always, line up really well. And um, I actually just spent most of the spring working on uh, training, um, stop hunting, start attracting your perfect fit employees. And uh, I actually have a little, a little um, like webinar on that because I want, I realized that post COVID, what really happened post pandemic is that the problems that were pre pandemic were amplified so all those problems that we have of finding people, you know, that revolving door of people yeah, under the surface, they just came was, right up. Yeah. It yeah. just bubbled right up. So for me, it was okay. Got to stop hunting because at this point, the the labor force is saying, yeah, I don't, I'm not here for you. I'm yeah. here for me. And what's so me? what's yeah. in it for me. So I had to start figuring out what was the language to help these employees understand what was in it for them. And it really was um, three pieces. One was, was how are we going to utilize that person when they're here? Where is the value? And how is that value going to be explicitly owned by that employee for their next job? And that was a real leap to, to actually look at people and say, look, this is a stepping stone in your career. I don't know how big the stepping stone is, but it's a stepping stone. And my goal is to extract value from you while I give value to you. And right. so you Get need to, to be better time. and I need to be better at the end of this. Mm-hmm. And so really constructing that language was huge. So that was number one. Number two was for them to see the financial ladder of growth. That ended up being so important. So truly understanding that you need to tell people when you come in here, I know it's going to be like drinking from a fire hose. You've never worked for us. Maybe you've never done this work before. Maybe you're coming in on the low. Maybe you're coming in on the high, but you feel like you were burnt at your last place and you're you're a little guarded. So we're going to check in with you regularly. So we created this amazing check-in process that was coupled with what we call drip raises that are attached to key performance indicators. And we created this. It sounds complicated, but it's not. It's it, we created these little milestones that they would know in advance, so they could say, "Yup, check, I did that. Give me my little raise." Mm-hmm. And it created this fun ownership to earning more. The, right. the employee owned it instead of me owning it, yeah. because if they could check the box, and I was like, "Yeah, there, yeah, you did it." So that was number two. So it kind of integrated motivation, basically inside of them. Yes. So you were tapping into their feeling of empowerment to grow their own position. And then number three was that we started, uh, we crafted an internship. We just crafted 
um, an internship that was uh, 60 to 90 days, depending on the person's availability, um, and gave them certain milestones that when they were done with their internship, they would know how to do these things. And the great thing about it was, now I don't care that you're leaving in 60 or 90 days. I'm going to use you for the 60 or 90 days, and you're going to use me for the 60 or 90 days, and we're going to, we're going to level each other up. Right. And then we're going to respectfully say, this was great. And a couple of them were we'll so stay. phenomenal. We actually right. offered them jobs. Yeah. But it lets you really not weeding out is not really the correct term, but it's, that's basically for each other. You're kind of each self-filtering yes. what's going to work for each of you, but there's still value in the in-between part versus just sort of an employee coming in, taking what they need and leaving, or you taking something out of the employee and they're unhappy. Like there's truly, it's truly collaborative for that yes. 30 days, a year, whatever the thing is where you guys are together. It's like clear that you're still both getting something out of it. Yes. And yeah. and the beautiful thing about that is when that conversation is happening right in the beginning, you yeah. see expectations. the eyes like, Weird. really, really? Yeah. That's so cool. And so even if it's, even as, if somebody is deciding to try something on that they know is a little bit of a, of a trust fall, yeah. They they know that that I'm I'm on board with the trust fall, yeah. and it's okay for them to to say I've ha- I had a couple of people do the internships and be like, yeah, hell to the no, that is so hard. I love <laughs> gardening, so and I didn't realize yeah. it was so hard. Like gardening in my yeah. backyard, this is not gardening in my backyard. Yeah, exactly, because it is and really hard. It's really hard, and then we and could it's not say, just hard for a weekend. And then you get to relax and watch a football game. Right. You have to do it again on Monday, right? And then on Tuesday. Right. Yeah. So they great. they were allowed to opt out, still yeah. having their self-respect. Right. Exactly. Without it being this dramatic, like I have to quit and the people are mad at me. And like, right. Yeah. It's so smart. I love that. That's a really good um I love that. The combination of like the internship and then setting expectations and then that. Um, like you said, kind of showing them the financial incentive right off the bat that like, instead of it being hidden, like, you know, yeah, you're just here to improve yourself. No, we all go to work to earn money. Like, let's just put it on the table. So we like, you know, look, we're going to try to help you make a little more money when you're here and here's what's going to take to make that happen. So I love that. Yeah. That's fabulous. And it's working. It's working great. We're in our uh, second year, third. Well, we started it in the middle of 2019. And it was in 2020 that we had to put it in full gear because it was so hard to hire people. Um, And so, um, so we are in, we're in, I guess, the beginning of our third year or middle of our third year. And um, each year we have had to refine it, but it's remarkable. It's remarkable how well it's working. And I think it's applicable to any trade business, any trade business. Like I can see any trade business being able to make this work for them. Yep. Um, it's basically just setting clear expectations, right? In any relationship, that's what we want. We want to kind of like know, like, what's going on here? What's the game? How do I play it? How do I win? <laughs> like, you know, what are the rules, right? It's, yeah. I love that. That's fabulous. Cool. Um, so how do you, um, you know, how does your business communicate like its values outside of what you just said? It's pretty clear that it is communicating its values, but how do you guys tangibly communicate your values? do you think that kind of draws in the right kinds of clients and um, you know, real, like you said, really attracts the kind of people that you want to work with. Like, how do you guys do that? Mm. The messaging is uh, truly important. And I think, um, and I remember listening to some of your other guests talking about this, which I loved so much listening to 
some of the other episodes just about having that real clarity about your why and your purpose, that as the owner of the business, having that clarity is important, the self-awareness. And it sounds, it, it either sounds really easy or really hard, but it's truly somewhere in the middle um, of easy and hard. And um, what I ultimately did is I evolved in the business. Cause when I started, I didn't know anything about like sustainability or ecology or, you know, don't use chemicals. Like I didn't know any, anything. And so I just adopted everything that the mainstream industry was doing, but the longer I was in the business and the more I got connected to the ideas of sustainability and conservation, I ended up sitting for nine years on a conservation commission. I realized that, um, a lot of what I knew was still esoteric in the mainstream. It was like this little secret on the underlying that, that nobody knew. So I think I I was like, I got to figure out a way to communicate this and not bore the crap out of everybody. Like, you know, so I came up with this idea to not call what I did landscaping, but to call what I did lifescaping. And the big differentiator for me was that a landscape as wonderful and awesome as it is, a landscape is something you look at. It's something that you, it's a framework. Um, A lifescape is something you live in. It's something that has a a vibrational connection to the human experience. And as I started to think about that, I realized it was still kind of like woo-woo and weird. Nobody knew what it meant. So I wanted to even make it even simpler. So I decided to, to build a framework around it. And I actually even wrote a book, Stop Landscaping, Start Lifescaping, to explain it. And it was in the very basic sense to move away from from project and 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 uh, product thinking to process and systems thinking to just make that very you know mindful leap that it's not a project that's like oh, one and done it's yeah. a process that's ongoing and it is it's carried by a system and the the tenets of that system is that you need organization. You need health and you need wow factor. And again, I don't care what trade you're in. This is true all around. And it's so true that it became the moniker for our business. It needs to be organized. It needs to be healthy and it needs to have wow factor. And I just started leaning into that over and over and over again. I leaned into it with my clients so that they would understand that having organization and organization doesn't mean formal. Organization can be wild and beautiful, but there's an organization in nature um, has an organization, some container that's kind of holding it all together. Right, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. That that structure that says yes, this is this is a wild structure, or this is a hyper formal, formal or hyper modern. Yeah. So you needed that organization set. Um, then you needed health, you know. And I would even say that, and and you know, you can speak to this, but I would even say in woodworking that you know. You use, you use good wood, the right wood, you use the right paints, you use the right treatments. So all of that is part of the health vitality of what you're building. Right. Right. Um, And then the wow factor, because you know what, at the end of the day, we're human beings and we love pretty. We love a man or woman. We love bling. We love pop. We love wow. Good before and after. Yes. Yeah. You got to have it. You got to have it because that is the enticement. And that's the thing that like all media works on, right? It always wants to sell you on the bling. The problem is we all know that bling all on its own is like paper thin. There's no foundation there. There's no foundation. You've got to have the structure and the health. And so I speak to that 
to my uh, landscape clients. I speak that to that to my employees to get them clear. I speak to my vendor partners so that they understand that they were on my property. There's no smoking on my properties. None. Yeah. You smoke all you want, but not on my That's property. So because That's literally was my number one thing with employees or anybody else. Same thing in my shop. Yeah. Yep. It's Mine's a, it's a health thing. Healthy employee. Right. Yeah. Not even the health issue. Just, it's just the nuisance of having no woman wants a, a guy that smells like smoke in her. That's the truth. And you can't get rid of it. Like it's so hard to get rid of once it's in the house. So. Right. Right. And so it was so easy. And then when I started applying it to my business, then it was totally easy to talk to my business clients that way. It right. just, it's a very simple structure that anybody can adopt. Yeah. So you basically came up with a method that's kind of your secret sauce, your way of mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah. And then you you started talking about that yourself in your own head. And then when you started meeting new clients, you kind of started using that language. Mm-hmm. Then when you started impl- hiring employees, you started using that language. And then it just became kind of like your guys' vernacular, like, this is the way we talk about what we do. This is how we do it. This is why it's better. And it just kind of started then attracting the types of people who believe in those things. It sounds like it's, it's so true. And the, um, the, in, the, the coolest thing about doing something like this, um, cause I speak to it on my Instagram and on my Facebook and I have two blogs and I speak to it in the blogs. The coolest thing in the world is that when a lead will come in and they'll say something like, I'm so ready for my lifescape. Or I yeah. am so missing organization in my landscape. Like they'll actually use my language back at me. And that's the piece where I'm sure you and your listeners, you all, you all have the same thing where like a client will ask you something and you know that it's like the most cockamamie ask. And then you have to like go back and you have to go back to woodworking 101 and like talk about like all the beginning yeah. steps. And so the neat thing about this is by by talking that method so much, talking that value, that why so much in all of the different iterations, the people who are interested in you start using your language back at you. It's so cool. Self-filters the types of clients you want to work with because you're educating them through that sales cycle. And there a lot of that already happening before they even contact you. You've basically already educated them about the way you work, why it's better, why it's different. Yeah. Um, and so you won't have to have as many of those conversations if you use right. that in your social media and all your other communication. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You, I'm, curi- I'm curious, do you have in your company, because I could see this working really well, where if um, anybody brings in a client, do, do you have each of your people like sort of like your own sales reps? Do I don't. That? Right now, I'm the only sales rep. We're pretty small. I mean, it's with 25 yeah. people. We also, it, you know, are... Uh, part of our um, goal, my goal, I really wanted to have a smaller carbon footprint if I could. And yeah. so a big part of what I did probably uh, started at five years ago was that I started to draw in my client set. So we actually run on what's called a hyper local model. And so it, it, it drew in all of the sales energy so that yeah. I didn't need to be stretched so far and then I adopted a inbound marketing platform uh, coupled with education-based marketing. And so by doing that, my leads all come to me. So right. we have a, a free discovery session, which is a, a phone session. People self-book. Um, so I never have to book anybody. And I'm booked all the way. I think I'm booked into August now. Yeah. Uh, so they just, I wake up, there are bookings. 
And um, the only way I ever go out to see anyone is a consultative, a paid consultative visit. Um, And so what it does is we're filtering, we're constantly filtering. um, And actually want to work with that are going to most likely you're going to close every job pretty much. Yes. And at this point we're waitlisted. We won't even talk to people now. They just are, they're just filling on a waitlist now because the, the inflow is so big that I don't need to pay a sales team. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll do a follow-up interview and we'll just talk about like, how did you build that? I'm sure some of my listeners would want to, or maybe we'll do some sort of a workshop where you can walk people through how you did that, right? Totally. Very helpful for um, a lot of the women who who are running businesses or sort of the solo operator and they're ready to go to that next level. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this would be a very, a little technique that would work really well for them. Yeah, I think it would too. And the really cool thing about it is it completely follows the organization healthy wow framework. Um, And one of the things that I know from my own personal experience is when you're just starting out a business or you're at that part where it's like you and three people or something, and you're really owner operating, it's so hard. It's so hard because you're out there, you know, banging the nails or digging the holes. And then you come in and you have this whole host of office work to do and lead calls and answering machines with a hundred oh my gosh, this system takes all of that away. It automates it. It's so great. So great. Awesome. Well, I'm going to, I'll write that down. We'll do a follow-up um, after the summit's over and we'll do like a little, maybe a little automated workshop where you cool. walk everybody through that. I think that would be really fun to do and very, um, you know, just super useful for them. Yeah. Um, so so this has been fabulous. I've learned so much. I know our, our listeners are going to learn so much. This has been really, really generous of your, of your time. And I do see why you're so successful. Oh, um, what, uh, like, what are some ways that people work with you or like, how can people get in touch with you um, moving forward? I know you said you have a book. I assume that's uh, uh, for sale on Amazon, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So stop landscaping, start lifescaping. So we can mm-hmm. all purchase that book. Um, I'm actually about to do my backyard. So oh. I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to buy it. And what are some, I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy. You just, <laughs> okay. I, I will send you one. I want so an autographed version. Yeah. Yes. Um, so what are some other ways that, that some of these ladies can get in touch with you and, and maybe work with you or, or if they're looking for mentorship or something like what, what have you got for everybody? Awesome. awesome. Okay. So Instagram is, is definitely my happy place. It's, it's, it's easy and I can do it at any time. I have two Instagrams. Uh, one is the garden continuum and the other is at monique.allen. And on that one, I do something called Lifescape TV and I go, I pop on every week and I talk about some business concept for people in the trades. Of course, I focus a lot on landscapers because that's my world. Um, but I really am a firm believer that, um, you know, tradeswomen, we're all, we're all dealing with the same thing. Um, So that's super fun. And then in the link in bio, there's so many different things that you can click on from, uh, from buying the book to, I have lots of, um, I have a business uh, blog that you can pop onto there that is free. Um, I have uh, lots of free eBooks. I've got a great eBook on cash flow. It's free. It's called the landscapers, uh, guide, uh, something like that. It's called uh, landscape business owners survival guide, but it would work for anybody in the trades. Of, yeah. Yep. It's really that. about understanding that cash flow is so important and you it's just, your money's got to flow, got to flow. So that's free, total freebie. Sign up for that one. Um, I do have a very, uh, small paid class called stop hunting, start attracting your perfect fit employee. I think it's 20 bucks. 
It's, mm-hmm. it's just to really give people, you know, I think it's 90 minutes, just nuggets on how to find people, which is yeah. so important. Um, and then I have my regenerative business community. That is something that I started this year. It's really cool. We did our first cohort in um, July, uh, mm-hmm. excuse me, in June. And um, it's it's just so much fun because it's a small group of women business owners that are talking about their trade business and how to survive it, how to live through the burnout times. Oh yeah. Just how to survive it and how to thrive in it. And I'm opening my new core. My next cohort is opening in September. Okay. Yeah. So we'll link to all that. So Instagram um, at the garden continuum and at Monique.Allen. And then um, I'll link to some of the stuff inside of in the in link in bio, everything is there. Yeah, yeah, everything. That's great. Well, I yeah. am so just so thankful of your gener- generosity with your time and your information. I think this is how we shift the tide of women yes. in the trades and creative trades and physical trades or whatever we want to call it. Um, I think this is how that happens by all of us sort of sharing what we can, our experiences. And, um, you know, it's going to help. It's going to help some other young lady. So I yeah. really And I appreciate you. I just got to say, love, love this podcast and just all the work you've been doing. It's just, I was so inspired when I was listening to some of the episodes. So I just encourage anybody who is new to this to just go back and listen to some of the other episodes because you do a great job. Thanks for what you're doing. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ed. listening to remodel your life i sure have enjoyed being with you today and if you really like our show we'd love it if you would subscribe through itunes you can always send us feedback through email at camille at remodelyourlifepodcast.com and i'll see you next week thank you for listening to the remodel your life podcast This episode has ended, but your remodeling journey can continue. Head over to RemodelYourLifePodcast.com to access all the resources, tools, and links mentioned in this episode. Until next time, get your hands dirty and create the life you want from the foundation up. And thanks again to Blue Apron. I just love cooking with them and so appreciate their support of my show. (laughs) 